Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Welcome to the Killam Apartment Real Estate Investment Trust Q4 2020 Year-End Financial Results Conference Call. At this time, all lines are in the listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question-and-answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. Also note that this call is being recorded on Thursday, February 11, 2021. And I would like to turn the conference over to Philip Fraser. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, and thank you for joining Killam Apartment Reads Q4 and year-end 2020 conference call. I am here today with Robert Richardson, Executive Vice President, Dale Noseworthy, Chief Financial Officer, Aaron Cleveland, Senior Vice President of Finance, and Nancy Alexander, Vice President of Investor Relations and Sustainability. Slides to accompany today's call are available on the Investor Relations section of our website under Events and Presentations. I will now ask Nancy to read our cautionary statement. Thanks, Phil. This presentation may contain forward-looking statements with respect to Kiln Apartment REIT and its operations, strategy, financial performance, conditions, and otherwise. The actual results and performance of Kiln discussed here could differ materially from those expressed or implied by such statements. Such statements are qualified in their entirety by the inherent risks and uncertainties surrounding forward-looking statements. For further information about the inherent risks and uncertainties in respect of, forward, of forward-looking statements, please refer to Killam's most recent annual information form and other security regulatory filings found online on CDAR. Unless otherwise stated, all forward-looking statements made today speak only as of today's date. Killam has no obligation to update such statements unless required under applicable securities law. Unless otherwise stated, all forward-looking statements speak only as of the date of which this presentation refers and the parties have no obligation to update such statements. Thank you, Nancy. Despite the headwinds and uncertainties of 2020 brought us, our employees rose to the challenge and we achieved 2.3% same property NOI growth and 2% FFO per unit growth. Our strategy and commitment to the long-term viability of our core markets has remained unchanged. Increasing earnings from our existing portfolio is a key component of our strategy. We do this in a very responsible way, considering the current financial demands of our tenants, communities, and global environment. Our portfolio is benefiting from the innovative ways we are growing our revenue and managing our expenses. We are diversifying our portfolio geographically through accretive acquisitions with over $200 million in acquisitions in 2020 and $70 million year-to-date in 2021. We met our targets to achieve 32% NOI outside Atlantic Canada in 2020, and we will continue to look for additional assets in our Ontario markets as well as Calgary, Edmonton, and Victoria. In addition, Killam's development pipeline continues to be a key driver 
of net asset value creation, adding high-quality properties to Killam's portfolio each year. In 2020, Killam opens the shorefront in Charlottetown. Nolan Hill in Calgary opened in January, and Harley is coming online next month. We have included our original 2020 strategic targets in our year-end documents and measured our performance against them as shown on slide four. We were able to achieve all targets with the exception of same property NOI growth, which was slightly lower than our three to 5% target prior to COVID-19. Our targets for 2021 are also disclosed, including a sustainability target of ensuring we invest a minimal of $5 million in energy initi initiatives to assist in attaining our long-term goals of reducing greenhouse gas, gas emissions and increasing our renewable energy sources. Dale will take us through the Killam's financial results, followed by Robert, who will discuss our initiatives for growing our existing asset base. I will conclude with a recap of both acquisitions and development pipeline. I will now hand it over to Dale. Thanks, Phil. Highlights of Killam's 2020 financial performance can be found on slide five. Notwithstanding challenges this year, we achieved solid earnings growth, a tribute to the resiliency of our portfolio, our key markets, and our team. In 2020, Killam generated FFO per unit of $1, up 2% 2 from 2019, and AFFO per unit of 83 cents, up 3.7%. These gains were driven by solid earnings from our same property portfolio and incremental contributions from acquisitions and stabilized developments. 2020 continues a strong record of performance. Slide six recaps key financial metrics over the past five years. We're proud of our consistent FFO per unit growth while also greatly increasing the size and quality of the portfolio and maintaining a conservative balance sheet. NOI has increased steadily and FFO per unit has grown by a compound annual growth rate of 3.8%. Kiln's current AFFO payout ratio of 82% has improved from 91% five years ago, while distributions have increased four times during the same period. As we continue to execute on our growth strategy, our total assets have grown by an impressive compound annual growth rate of 17.4% to $3.8 billion today. Slide 7 shows our Q4 results. FFO and AFFO per unit were both flat in the corner quarter as 0.9% growth in same property NOI and earnings from acquisitions and developments were offset by an increase in the weighted average number of units outstanding following July's equity raise. The portfolio shades showed strength, with same property revenues up 2.2%, including a 3.4% increase in apartment rents and 3.8% top-line growth from the MHC portfolio. These gains were partially offset by an uptick in apartment vacancy. Same property apartment occupancy was a healthy 96.6% in Q4, but down 100 basis points from historically high occupancy rates in Q4 2019. Same property operating expenses were up 4.4% in the quarter, mainly due to higher compensation for our on-site staff, increased insurance premiums, and a 4.4% rise in property taxes. Annual same property portfolio results are shown on slide eight. Overall, same property revenues were up 2%, but these gains were not consistent throughout the portfolio. 
the apartment sector led with 2.4% growth. This was partially offset by reduced revenues for the MHC and commercial portfolios, both of which reflect the impact of COVID-19. Delayed openings and reduced activity at our nine seasonal MHCs resulted in an overall annual revenue reduction for the MHC portfolio of 0.8%. This overshadowed the strength of Killam's 30 permanent MHCs, which generated 2.7% revenue growth in the year. The decline in the seasonal portfolio's revenue and NOI is short-term. We expect earnings to be back to pre-COVID levels once social distancing and emergency measures are lifted. Revenue for a commercial portfolio was down in 2020, following participation in the secret program. Same property expenses were up 1.4% in 2020. Slide 9 breaks down operating expenses by category. Higher general operating expenses, including increased salaries for on-site staff, and a 4.6% rise in property taxes were partially offset by a 5.9% reduction in utility and heating fuel costs. Overall, NOI was up 2.3% for the year. Additional details on Kiln's 2020 apartment revenue results are highlighted on slide 10. Occupancy declined 40 basis points overall from an all-time high in 2019. The biggest declines were seen in St. John's and Ottawa. St. John's is feeling economic pressure from softness in the oil sector, while Ottawa was impacted by reduced demand linked to COVID-19 and increased supply in the immediate neighbourhood of our largest property in the region. Other markets remain resilient, with our three New Brunswick markets and PEI achieving relatively consistent occupancy levels year over year. In Halifax, we recorded only a modest 50 basis point decline in annual occupancy, much of which relates to student-focused properties near the universities, which have historically had little to no vacancy. Overall, incentive offerings remained limited and focused primarily in Alberta, St. John's, and very specific properties with occupancy challenges. Overall, Killam recorded incentives of 40 basis points of total residential rent for the year, very much in line with the last two years. As previously noted, same property rental rates were up 3.4%. Although a slight decline from 2019, rents were trending higher by the fourth quarter of 2020 showing signs of momentum leading into 2021. Slide 11 shows rent growth by quarter. The top growth breaks down the rent achieved on renewals, the green line, and turns, the gray line, as well as the total average rental rate, shown on the blue bars. As shown here, with strong gains on turns, Kilm's mark-to-market opportunities remain strong. The bottom graph on slide 11 provides additional details on rental rate growth and renewals by month for the past 24 months. Kilm's decision to delay issuing notice of future rent increases in the months of April through July impacted rent growth for renewals in Q2 and Q3, but growth was again realized in the fourth quarter. Note that Nova Scotia renewals are currently capped at 2% during the state of of emergency in the province, and Ontario and BC currently have freezes in effect, muting rental growth on renewals for most of 2021. With these restrictions, most of Kilm's rental growth in the year ahead will come from unit turns. Kilm's unit turnover remains healthy at 28.8% in 2020, well above Canada's national average. Slide 12 highlights our debt maturity profile, including average apartment mortgage rates by year versus prevailing CMHC insured mortgage rates. Based on current market conditions, 
we expect to refinance at lower interest rates in 2021, continuing to reduce our weighted average interest rate. In addition, we expect to generate net proceeds of approximately $50 million from our 2021 refinancing program. Slide 13 includes key balance sheet metrics. We are maintaining a conservative balance sheet and ended the year with debt as a percentage of total assets of 44.6%, well below our target of less than 47%. We also ended the year with expanded capital flexibility following a $40 million increase to our operating line in late 2020. Following the funding of recently announced acquisitions, capital flexibility remains high with acquisition capacity of $250 million. We are well positioned to execute on our growth plans for the year. I will now turn the call over to Robert who will provide color on key operating initiatives and value delivery to our residents. Thank you, Dale, and good morning, everyone. Before discussing our current operating initiatives and strategy, I would like to begin by acknowledging that 2020 was a challenging year for many businesses and likewise for most people. The stress created by forced isolation, the fear of the unknown, and the heartbreak of being separated from loved ones can be crippling. And yet, faced with all of this on a personal level, as well as their daily work caring for over 40,000 residents, killing 700 employees continued to work diligently and adapt to this evolving pandemic. In recognition, Kiln continues to, co to compensate its frontline staff with extra pay. We respect and greatly appreciate the excellent care they extended to our apartment residents as well as our MHC and commercial tenants. Despite COVID-19, rent collection has remained exceptionally strong for Killam throughout 2020. Killam collected 99.7% of all rents for the year, including gross billed commercial rents. This aligns with Killam's historical bad debt loss, which tracks at less than 30 basis points of total revenues. We do not expect any material change in rental defaults in 2021. Kilm's existing portfolio, portfolio totals over 17,000 apartment units, 5,900 MHC sites, and 750,000 square feet of commercial space, not including 150,000 square feet of ancillary retail related to the apartments. Kilm's commercial segment accounts for approximately 5% of, of its total net operating income. We have worked closely with our commercial tenants under the Canadian government's secret program and recorded a $300,000 reduction in commercial revenue related to this initiative. In addition, Kilm separately negotiated pandemic-related rental abatements with a number of commercial tenants, and these also totaled $300,000. To deliver value to our unit holders, we have a continuous focus on growing same property net operating income. Slide 14 details a number of the levers Kilm can use to grow income. I will speak to these in the next few slides. In late December, we received the results of Killam's annual tenant survey conducted by our third-party provider, Narrative Research. Narrative tells us Killam's 2020 survey had an impressive response rate of 30%. And the overall tenant satisfaction rating of 87% is markedly better than the industry benchmark for multi-residential owners. It is worth noting Kilm's overall tenant satisfaction rating has ranged between 87% and 90% for the last eight years. In terms of satisfaction with their apartment units, Kilm received an 89% satisfaction rating, a very positive outcome. Our residents tell us they enjoy living at a Kilm property and consider their clean, affordable housing to be good value. 
Renting remains a very attractive alternative when compared to home ownership, given the high cost of upkeep, maintenance, taxes, and insurance for single-family housing. Please refer to slide 15. Killam offers a range of housing products in each of its markets, from long-standing properties providing a clean, safe housing option to newly constructed luxury buildings with modern finishes and a multitude of amenities. Killam's portfolio has a wide selection of locations, unit sizes, and layouts in each of its urban and suburban communities. With an average rent of $1.42 per square foot across the portfolio, this represents remarkable value and accommodates a diverse group of residents and potential tenants. Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation's measure of housing affordability is the sheltered cost to income ratio, which sets the affordability threshold at 30% of before tax and median household income. When we compare Kilm's rents to the 30% shelter cost to income metric in each of Kilm's core markets, it underscores the fact Kilm's average rents are well within CMHC's threshold, ranging from 15% to 25% of median household income in our markets. This housing affordability discussion is very germane, even more so when many Canadians are experiencing the greatest financial and mental health pressures in recent memory. Kilm recognizes it has a civic duty to be a contributor to the affordable housing solution. Not only does Kilm provide very affordable living options generally, but Kilm is an active partner with many nonprofit housing and government agencies, such as the YWCA, Urban Housing Initiatives, and Centers for Addiction and Mental Health to deliver more than 750 subsidized units in our communities. Looking forward, we continue to pursue opportunities that provide additional affordable housing. For example, last month we closed on a 233-unit Nolan Hill development in Calgary. By participating in CMHC's Rental Construction Finance Initiative, Kilm was able to provide 78 units, or one-third of the units at Nolan Hill, at rental rates that are 70% of market rates. This was possible by utilizing CMHC financing for a $41 million mortgage, accessing 10-year money at the low interest rate of 1.95%. Killam released their annual rental market housing report last week, reporting on rental statistics across Canada as of October 2020. Due primarily to restrictions on immigration during the year, vacancy rates have increased nationally and rental rate growth has slowed. But not all markets have been impacted to the same degree, and I would like to speak briefly to the strength of Killam's largest market, Halifax. CMHC reported vacancy in Halifax increased 90 basis points from October 2019 to October 2020 and stood at 1.9%. This was the lowest vacancy rate for cities in Canada at that time. CMHC also noted that despite a lack of immigration and post-secondary schools moving to more online teaching, the Halifax market still needs new supply. The graph on slide 16 compares Kilm's Halifax portfolio's average in-place rent to the market rent for the last 14 months, all on a dollar per square foot basis. In-place rent is the average monthly rent Killam's Halifax tenants pay that month. Market rent is the average rent being achieved by Killam on leases to new tenants during that same month. As can be seen with this chart, new leasing is providing a healthy average 18 cents per square foot more than in-place rents. Although this delta fluctuates from month to month due to the number of new leases and unit types leased, overall, mark-to-market opportunity has remained consistent during the pandemic, and a 10 to 15% mark-to-market opportunity exists. 
Kiln has also benefited from Halifax's market's resiliency at its 160,000 square foot brewery market adjacent its Alexander residential property overlooking the Halifax Harbor. The brewery market is an, uh, an iconic asset, a 200-year-old jewel in our city, and it added over 30,000 square feet of new retail and office leases this past year. The, the demand for Kiln's new and newly renovated apartment units also remained strong across the portfolio in 2020, and work on Kiln's sweet repositioning program continued unabated. We finished the year with 495 suites repositioned, just five less than originally budgeted, as highlighted on slide 17. It costs an average $25,000 to reposition a unit, but when you earn a 30% unlevered return on investment, it makes perfect sense. Based on the market's demand for repositioned suites, for 2021, Kiln is targeting a minimum of 550 units to be completed. Overall, Kiln currently has 5,000 additional units that can be repositioned, and this opportunity continues to cycle forward as the properties age. An example of a very successful repositioning program for Killam is shown on slide 18. This is Bronson, a 43-unit property in downtown Ottawa that was built in 1968 and has dated finishes. By replacing the flooring and updating the kitchens and bathrooms, the product offering for this building changed, and Killam realized, on average, rental increases of 35%, representing a 20% return on its $31,000 per suite investment. I will emphasize that Killam only undertakes repositionings as units become vacant, as we are not proponents of evicting tenants to facilitate unit repositionings. Killam has fine-tuned the process of repositioning its units over the past three years to right-size the upgrade, minimize the downtime for renovation work, and provide our residents with the best finishes based on appeal, functionality, and durability. Slide 19 shows a repositioned unit at Cambridge Place, a 63-unit building in Moncton, New Brunswick. The unit highlighted won the Best Unit Renovation of the Year Award from the Canadian Federation of Apartment Associations in 2020. Suite renovations are a component of Killam's overall $70 million annual capital budget plan, with important investments being made to address building envelopes, that be windows, roofs, and cladding, heating plants, plumbing upgrades, curb appeal, and landscaping, as well as energy projects. Please see slides 20 and 21. Kilm has a three-year rolling capital plan that is executed by our capital project and operations team. This capital investment maintains and improves the efficiency, marketability, and management of Kilm's portfolio. The increasing capital investment each year, as shown on slide 21, speaks to Kilm's willingness to invest in revenue-enhancing and expense-saving initiatives that deliver excellent returns on investment. Keep our tenants pleased to call Kilm's portfolio their home. Kilm's $5.9 million energy plan for 2021 is important as we continue to focus on lowering Kilm's utility and heating costs, decrease consumption, and pursue Kilm's smaller carbon footprint. In 2021 energy plan, sorry, the 2021 energy plan consists of 94 projects, from our solar panel installs to boiler upgrades, that should provide Kilm with an estimated $900,000 in annual operating savings and a 6.5-year average payback. With traditional energy efficiency projects such as LED lighting retrofits and installation of low-flow low water devices nearing completion across Kilm's portfolio, we are now investing in buildings and building data analytics. As noted on slide 22, 
Kiln is analyzing its energy data and using technology to inform how we operate our portfolio. From smart metering to understanding and shaving peak electrical demand consumption, we are collecting and analyzing data with our business intelligence platform to make better decisions. We made mention on, Q on our Q3 call in November of our GRES ESG rating participation. We now have our results and we are very pleased to say that we have improved our initial 2019 submission by 32% or 15 points. This provides Killam with a two-star designation for its 2020 submission, along with a green star rating for achieving more than 50% on both performance and our approach to managing our goals. As well, Killam earned a B rating for the public disclosure GRES survey, outperforming its GRES peers that earned a global scoring average of C. We are committed to enhancing and accelerating our comprehensive ESG program and recently set quantitative targets to lower our greenhouse gas emissions, as well as increase our use of renewable energy. Adjustments to these targets will occur with more information and time as we wish to align ourselves with the Paris Climate Accord in the coming years to ideally and ultimately achieve carbon neutrality. I will now hand you back to Philip to provide an update on our development and acquisitions pipeline. Thank you, Robert. Slide 23 summarizes Killam's acquisition activity for the year. 56% of the capital deployed in 2020 was in British Columbia in Ontario. During Q4, Killam closed two acquisitions located in London that were announced with our Q3 2020 results in November. We purchased 171 and 181 Leopold, a new 107-unit wood frame property, as shown on slide 24 for $17.6 million. This property is 97% occupied with an average rent of $1.20 per square foot. Slide 25 shows Horizon Place, a new seven-story 162-unit property that we closed on, on November 13, 2020. Killam has started 2021 with $71 million in acquisitions. Slide 26 shows the 233-unit Nolan Hill development in Northwest Calgary. Killam purchased the remaining 90% interest on January 21st for $49.5 million. Along with Killam's original 10% interest, the total cost was $54.3 million, and we recorded a $0.7 million fair value gain upon purchase. Killam secured financing through CMHC's Rental Construction Financing Initiative. This national housing strategy program that is delivered through CMHC supports rental housing projects to, enc to encourage affordable new supply for middle-class families across Canada. We are offering 78 units at 70% of market rents. As Rob already mentioned, this aligns with our approach to help alleviate the need for affordable housing in the country. Three-building property opened in January and lease-up lease is progressing nicely, as noted on slide 28. On February the 1st, we purchased a 23-unit building located in Moncton for $5.6 million. This four-story concrete building, shown on slide 29, has a mix of one- and two-bedroom units that are 100% occupied in Moncton's strong rental market at an average of $1.43 per square foot. It is well it is well located in the downtown core and easily absorbed into our operating platform. With regards to development, 
construction activity progressed nicely in 2020. Slide 30, slide 30 shows a rendering of the six projects that are currently underway, which will add 535 units and $240 million of high-quality new product to our portfolio over the next 18 months. Our 78-unit shorefront development on slide 32 received its occupancy permit on October 1st, and tenants started to move in during Q4 2020. Leasing activity has increased since the beginning of the year, and we are currently 55% leased, which we are pleased with given the backdrop of COVID-19 and the restrictions we are living with. The Harley, which is 24% pre-leased, is expected to receive its occupancy permit by February the 20th, 2021, and we will be welcoming residents on March 1st. Progress photos are shown on slides 33 and 34. For progress on the latitude, please turn to slides 35 and 36. The concrete structure is complete with both the masonry internal wall framing done up to the 20th floor. Because of the number of COVID-19 related slowdowns during the year, we now expect the project to be two to three months delayed with a completion date in Q1 2022. The K in Mississauga is progressing along as planned and should be completed by year end. Details of this development are on slide 37 and progress shots on slide 38. Our 169 unit development known as Civic 66 in Kitchener started in late 2020. We have almost completed the geothermal bore drilling and footings are starting this week. Target completion date is late 2022. As well, we have broken ground on the governor a 12 unit luxury project in downtown Halifax that is adjacent the Alexander in the Brewery Market. Slide 42 breaks down Killam's future development opportunities totaling approximately 3,100 units that are in various stages of development or pre-development. This pipeline gives us great value creation for, for Killam in the coming years. To conclude, we are proud of the performance in 2020 and confident that we will continue to execute on our priorities and create value for all our unit holders during 2021. Thank you. I will now open up the call for questions. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do have a question at this time, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will then hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. And should you wish to withdraw your question, simply press star followed by two. And we do ask that if you're using a speakerphone, to please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Please go ahead and press star one now if you have any questions. And your first question will be from Jonathan Kelcher at TD. Please go ahead. Could you unmute your line, Jonathan? Sorry about that. Uh, good morning. Um, first question, Hi, good morning. Just, on, just just on your your acquisition target for 2021 at 100 million. Does that does that include Nolan Hill? Given that uh, we've known about that one for a while. Uh, no, it doesn't. That includes um, Nolan Hill, and hopefully we'll be able to exceed it. But for now, it's um, it's 100 million dollars. Okay, and you're already done 70 of it, right? Yep. Okay, and then and on and on Nolan Hill, 31% um, leased. How how many of those 
least units are the affordable ones. And, and can you maybe give a little color on, on how that program works? Like, is it, I'm assuming it's not just anybody can, can get the affordable units. Um, you're correct on that. So to date, the majority of the leases have been at market and we are still um, finalizing the details with a couple of charities that we will um, that they will be helping us uh, provide um, tenants that are that would be qualifying underneath the program in terms of their income. Okay, and is that program um, something that you'd look at using for for some of your other development projects? Um, there is actually one that we're thinking of in New Brunswick right now in Moncton, but the other ones in Ontario, we haven't um, currently, the answer would be no to that. Okay. And then just um, lastly, and, and I'll turn it back, but the, just on the, the guidance, Dale, like the property property tax was a pretty good jump in 2020. What's your, your outlook for for increases in 2021? Yeah, that's the big question. So, you know, we uh, we would expect um, it may look similar to what we've seen in this past year. We'll be working uh, hard to appeal <laughs> those when they're not reasonable, but um, based on what we, the information we have today, we're kind of looking at a similar type increase for this, for this year, but hopefully uh, comes in lower. Okay, so your two percent plus same property NOI is sort of assuming four to four and a half percent increase in property tax. Yes. Okay, thanks. I'll uh, I'll turn it back. Thank you. Next question will be from Matt Logan at RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thank you, and good morning. Good morning. Hi, Matt. It's great to see these sustainability metrics as part of Kilm's strategic targets. Can you talk a little bit about what the expected ROI is on your renewable power initiatives and what type of investment it would take to achieve your 10% uh, renewable renewable power target? Um, the first answer to your first question is we are looking at a target of 10% return on the existing solar panel installs that we currently have underway. Um, and roughly that totals about $2.85 million. It's the 800 to 900 kilowatts of power that we'll be able to produce. And so we're looking at roughly about $200,000 um, of energy produced or electricity produced. So that is very attractive and a lot, and a lot of that is in PEI where we have the highest uh, rate is about 20 cents a kilowatt, um, so it makes it pretty um, um, easy to approve those, and, and then what's left is actually just getting it done and getting it installed and then hooked up to the grid. The second part of your question was? About getting, yeah, so Matt, Nancy, um, our longer-term target right now is 10 to 15% reduction in our greenhouse gas, and uh, we know that along you know we're not the only ones motivated to, redu to reduce our greenhouse gas along with all of our utility providers so we feel very conservative about being able to target that with our current approach to our energy projects and uh, you know we're scoping out all of our buildings across the, your provinces to figure out 
you know, uh, where, where the best payback is and how we can go about becoming more renewable. But so both those goals, you know, more renewable as well as re uh, reducing greenhouse gas seem fairly attainable the way we currently invest our capital initiatives. And of course, continuing then to de dig deeper and see if we can become, you know, a little bit more aggressive with our approach in the coming years as everybody looks towards becoming, uh, reducing that carbon footprint. I think we've also stated that um, these, this current round of solar panel installs in Halifax and, and Charlottetown would represent about 14% of our electricity consumption and bill for Halifax and PEI. Uh, it's, it's great color. Um, in terms of your Gresby rating, can you talk a little bit about what drove the improvement in your 2020 results and what it would take to maybe move that up a notch next year? Yeah, for sure. So for us, uh, 2019 was our first initial submission. So there was a lot of disclosure things that had to happen between the initial year. A lot of the stuff we had already been doing, but just not having the, you know, some of the formal structures in place. Um, on the management side of that, having the right procedures in place, uh, we've come a long way making sure that it's formalized and as well as really measuring and managing our all of our energy uh, and water weight and waste and water uh, and tracking that. That's a big part. And then to keep moving that is about for us, it's about building certifications. Uh, you know, in the residential space that was has not been as big as it has been in the commercial space. So for us, it will be to continue to monitor, reduce our like-for-like -like greenhouse gas, and increase our building certifications. Uh, excellent. And maybe just changing gears to your renewal spreads. Can you tell us what the metrics were in Q4, excluding the suite renovations? Sorry, Matthew, can you say that again? Uh, the renewal spreads on uh, suite turnover in Q4, excluding the renewals, uh, excluding the suite renovations, just like the, like the normal four suite turn. Oh, 5.7%. Five five on the turn. turn, on the turn without repositions, yeah. And I guess when we think about market rents in Atlantic Canada, would it be fair to say they've been generally stable uh, over the past few months and perhaps even moving a little bit higher? Yes, you know we've been, uh, you know we've uh, we've we've seen that spread stay pretty consistent, and we've been able to put those increases through. So I'd say stable to increasing. Well, I appreciate all the color. Uh, that's all from me. I'll turn the call back. Thank you. Great, thanks. Thank you. Your next question will be from Brad Sturgis at Raymond James. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Um, Hi, Brad. Maybe just starting with the, the, the guidance uh, discussion, uh, just to uh, to talk a little bit more about your expectations for occupancy for over the course of the year. Uh, when you're baking in the sort of over 2% same property NOI growth, what are you assuming in terms of the occupancy trend, I guess, first half of the year and, and into the back half of 2021? So I think overall, um, you know, we think that we have some um, some improvement to make 
in occupancy overall for the year. You would have seen that we've got some markets that have carried more vacancy than historically this past year with St. John's a prime example and we're seeing that turn around nicely with um, an increased focus and some initiatives there. Same with Alberta assets. Um, you know, we're looking at the marketing program to make sure we're we're making some headway there. And we've got lots of markets that are remaining very stable. You look at the Maritimes and, and Ontario as well across most of our portfolio and Victoria, um, the markets are looking strong. So we think we have an opportunity to make a little bit of an improvement in terms of our occupancy year over year. The first six right. weeks would, in, would indicate that? Yes. Right? So. The trends are moving in the right direction. That's helpful. And, and with Nolan Hill, just to go back to that, what would be your timeline right now to reach occupancy stabilization, and does that differ between the, the two types of units? Um, we were planning that it would take roughly a year to lease up based on the sort of the overall conditions of of Alberta. And we are pleasantly surprised the strength of um, the leasing activity coming, knowing that it's only been roughly about six weeks. So we're hoping that by roughly the beginning of the fall that we'll be close to almost, um, you know, up to a 90, 95% occupancy in that property. Great. And maybe just lastly, just to, to go back to the, the questions on acquisitions, uh, is it fair to say you're you're um, within that minimum target? Is that just assuming uh, predominantly more tuck-in acquisitions within Atlantic Canada, and you're, and you're not assuming at this stage um, more material acquisition activity outside of Atlantic Canada? Or how should we think about um, that target right well, now? Well, I, I think it um, we have to sort of again take a take a just a sort of an overview that we're still in a lockdown and COVID-19 is still with us. And so the activity that we had last year was a result of really the work that we put in the year before. So we actually had visited those properties, the time it takes, the leg, to put them under contract, to do the due diligence, then close, they tended to fall into um, first quarter of last year, especially the assets out west. And so with this restriction, um, you know, it's almost coming up to a year that in Atlantic Canada, um, most of us at this table right here, I have not traveled once in the year coming up to it. So our expectation is, is that um, maybe by third quarter, we'll be able to travel freely throughout Canada. And when we do that, it's going to open up more opportunities, the stuff that we're looking at just by the packages that come to our desk or talking to brokers. So really what that is trying to say is, is that for the next four months, five months, until everybody gets their um, vaccine shot, we're going to be a little bit sort of handicapped getting out there and looking at, at uh, properties. Okay, that, that's quite helpful. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I'll turn it back. Thank you. Next question will be from Mike Marquitas at Desjardins. Please go ahead. Looking back at your slide 16 and your your uh, in place versus market rent spreads for um, Halifax, very good. Okay, thank you. Um, if if we hadn't moved forward with a, a cap on or a temporary cap, I should say, on the renewal side in uh, Nova Scotia this year, is this should I take this slide to say that you guys would be able to um, push your 
rents, generally speaking, up to that market market opportunity on renewal as well, or how, how should I be thinking about that? Well, I think when we look at that, that's a balance that looks at repositioning as well. Um, I think that when you look 2019 on on regular turns in Halifax, you know, we were up 7% last year on regular turns in the Halifax market. So, um, and then repositionings, we added, um, we were up, you know, over 20%. So you look at that balance. I mean, I think that looking at that together, not unreasonable. Okay. I think 10% oh. all back. Okay, so that does factor in the the capital on the unit terms. It does, and the way that that's measuring it, it's capturing the actual lease per square foot of everything we leased in that month. So some of those have repositioned units, some of them don't. So it's not all repositioned. It is a, it's a balanced metric. So um, you know, it's 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 an indicator. I don't think we would say for sure exactly that exact number, but it's kind of looking at that trend over time. Um, so I think that uh, there's lots of upside and we've been able to achieve that in 2020 and we expect to be able to continue to do so in 2021 on turn. Oh, okay, okay. And um, I guess stated alternately, if you didn't see any um, change in the market rents, and I know it depends on what's rolling versus tenure at least and all that kind of stuff, but um, if, if you were doing sort of that 7% on new leases, would you be prepared to push on renewals that hard, or is it something where if it's a renewing tenant, you just try and maybe not take everything all at once? Well, on renewals, I mean, we've got, are you saying once the cap comes off? Yeah, I'm just like theoretically, if the cap wasn't there, I'm just trying to get a sense of where you've been overall portfolio-wide sort of, I mean, 10 to 15% is the mark-to-market opportunity you've, you've um, disclosed, which, which I totally accept. and. Most of our growth is going to be coming from the turns. You know, that 2% is really when we look at our whole portfolio overall, 2% is um, pretty close to what we've been doing overall. So I'd say it's going to be a balance, but that, that number is... I mean, um, Mike, it's going to take this year and a bit of next year in terms of the economy recovering 100%. So um, it's not lost on us that... The people that are living in our buildings uh, mean that there's not going to be a lot of big rents pushed through at this time, and not that there ever has been with the 20 years of the history of Killam. Right. Okay. No, that, that, that's a fair comment. Thank you, Carol. Um, just with respect to Nolan Hill, um, got your comments on the lease up. Can you just confirm? Um, I think the answer is no, but is there an NOI bridge on that property, or no, you, you accept the slight drag, I guess? On acquisition. Sorry, what by the NOI bridge? Uh, is there a income guarantee in place? An income no. guarantee? No, 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 no. Okay. okay, that's it for me. Thanks, and congrats on a strong, strong quarter and stronger. Thank you. Next question will be from Matt Kornack at National Bank. Please go ahead. Hi guys, good morning. Um, just quick follow-up on on that line of questioning with regards to rent spreads. Uh, you're, you've kind of held your your renewal spreads at around two percent. It sounds like it's a, essentially a self-imposed uh, rent control to some extent uh, there. Um, but what would your sense be in terms of market rent growth in, in your markets at this point? Presumably, given wider turnover spreads, uh, market rents are increasing at greater than 2%. Uh, your, your thought on that spread? Um, 
are you sort of asking when you say markets? I mean, are you talking like Ontario? I mean, there's a there's a well, right no, I mean, there. I mean, the bulk of your portfolio, I guess, is Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. I mean, our market rents there are growing at obviously more than inflation, but three, four uh, percent. Ontario, we've seen significant rent growth for a period of time in the market uh, relative to rent control levels. But but I'm I'm wondering, uh, have you seen an acceleration in market rent growth in Atlantic Canada? I'd say not an exception, but I'd say continue to what we've been seeing in the last, you know, modest growth. Um, and it really, you know, now that we're measuring this with all the leasing, um, it, it depends on seasonality a bit too. Uh, but I'd say more of what we've seen over the last few years. I don't think a huge acceleration, but I think continued modest growth. Okay. And uh, with regards to your renovation program, it sounds like you're you're planning on expanding that. So clearly, you're seeing demand for uh, for the renovated product. Interested in in your thoughts there? Is that 550 uh, suites? Uh, do you think you could do more than that, uh, or, or is that kind of the annual uh, cap at which you'd like to operate it? It's our projection for 21. Would we like to do more than that? We probably would, but there are some limitations. Um, and I think coming out of 2020, there were issues with delivery of suite fixtures and appliances. So that's we think there's a chance that that'll also be an issue for us going through 2021. So 550 is a working number, but if we find ourselves with the opportunity, we certainly would do more. And, and I guess in terms of the market. Uh of opportunity if if you could do the full amount and I understand that that's not uh, possible given turnover etc um, but is there demand essentially for the, the full I think it's a couple thousand plus units uh, today or is the market not there yet and, and this is a reasonable figure in that context market is not the limit the demand is there and if we could deliver more we could do more okay fair enough um, Dale, with regards to the OPEX uh, and, and the COVID-related uh, costs on, on uh, employment, uh, can you give a sense as to what the dollar figure is there? And should we expect that 2021 there'll be similar type uh, benefits to your employees, given that COVID's still here at least for the first half of the year, but who knows about the second half? I think when we look at dollar with what we increase, it's probably around seven to 800,000 for the year in increased costs when we look at that total component. Some of that will carry forward because we've, um, you know, we're keeping part of that increase throughout the year. So certainly at the height in um, April, May, June, July, the number was higher, uh, but we've, we've kept some of that increase throughout and we'll continue to do so. So I think that, um, you know, part of that continues, but not to the full extent. Okay, fair enough. And then, and then look at COVID, you know, our results, results for COVID, there'd be other costs that are impacting our results for 2020 with the CICRA, you know, for our commercial tenants and for the drop in seasonals because of demand. So when we kind of look at all those, those are some other components that um, once we get through this uh, pandemic, that um, that should those should come back. I th I, and I think the discussion here on the MHC side is we're optimistic because the protocols were in place in 2020 that we could open eventually, but I think they're in place now. We can open, hopefully, uh, Ontario will be the biggest place where we can start in May and have people 
attend to their MHC site. So uh, we're optimistic that we can we'll have a good year there. It'll come on earlier, and then I think the state of emergency in the various provinces is going to be one of the triggers. And when that's lifted with the inoculations going forward, that would also we take a look at the compensation for our staff and, and adjust accordingly. Okay. And looking at your residential portfolio, I mean, if you look at Q420 versus Q419, I mean, renewal and turnover spreads were essentially the same. Uh, so is the issue, the gap on the residential portfolio, would it be students in select markets in terms of occupancy at this point? Because it seems like functionally there's been almost no impact on, on operations outside of a little bit of occupancy dip. Yeah, we believe that you're correct. It is primarily students. Okay, fair enough. Thank International students. And that hopefully, well, we'll see, Paul, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're optimistic. I think most universities are saying saying that they're going to be open for in class in person in, in person classes. So that'd be excellent. And when would those uh, international students typically do their like? Do you think they'll lease in the spring, or, or would they wait until August to, to lease? I think I think the ones that are organized will call us probably in May, May June, and the ones that aren't organized. Uh, it's not unusual to have some show up and go, we're looking for a place, and uh, it works. Okay. We'll find a way to, accom <laughs> to accommodate them. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Next question will be from Joanne Chen at BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning. Uh, maybe just to follow up on... You guys, uh, maybe just to follow up on, on the rent growth, not to hammer it too much, but you know, it's obviously encouraging to see um, the, the 2021 guidance with respect to same property NLI growth, and you guys allude to the gap that's still in between in place and market rents uh, in Halifax, but maybe you could just provide some color on um, the recent CMHC report. They did note that you know the occupied rent units had higher average rents compared to the vacant units in most uh, rental zones, except for Peninsula South and North. Could you maybe comment on, you know, what, perhaps what they're seeing and is it just the difference of the type of assets? So when, when you look at Peninsula, um, you know, one thing, that's where we're seeing that student, right? That's where the universities okay. are. When you look at our, when we break out our Halifax, where we're seeing an increase in vacancy, it is on Peninsula. It's buildings that for years did not have a vacant unit because they were so close to the university and we've carried vacancy throughout this year. So um, that they, and the newer ones that are built on the peninsula, the rents are higher and the units are smaller. And we know with COVID that there's people moving out to some of the larger units. So I think there's two factors that are um, causing that. And I'd say we're seeing some of that in our portfolio. When we look outside of peninsula, you know, our Dartmouth assets and Clayton Park, we're, um, you know, we're pushing 99%, 98.5, 99% occupancy. So we have a lot of buildings that are full. Um, um, I mean, the numbers are still high relative, <laughs> really quite still high on Peninsula, but compared to where we were, they're off a bit. So I think that that's, um, it's a factor of, of the proximity to uh, to offices and to the universities. That's the story there. Okay, got, okay, got it. Um, and maybe on just on that, you didn't mention in, in, in terms of uh, the unit turns, you know, about you guys remain above the, the average. What do you think uh, the trend is for 
um, in 2021, do you think it's going to remain kind of steady, remain steady from what you saw in 2020, or you expect it to pick up? We think it will remain steady to what we saw in 2020. And maybe just one last one for me um, with respect to the acquisitions. Um, you know, in terms of some of the things that you're looking at now, would you say that the cap rates are kind of similar to your date to? Um, some of the recent transactions you've done, or do you think you know there's probably likely room for further compression? I would say that there's still huge demand for all the product right across the country, and if anything, there is still pressure downwards on cap rates, and that's here in Atlantic Canada. It's here in it's it's a, absolutely in Ontario and out west. Okay, I will turn it back there. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Next question will be from Howard Leung at Veritas Investments. Please go ahead. Morning. Thank you. Uh, I um, I just wanted to uh, ask about the suite repositions and follow up on on that. Um, you know, you, you've expanded the program. Look, uh, it, uh, it's been successful. Um, I guess given the the uh, some of the occupancies and rents have Diverge maybe across the country. Um, is uh, is Nova Scotia? Uh, are, are, should we still see the majority of those renovations being completed in Nova Scotia because that's where your major opportunity set is, or should we see some of that um, some of that shift, some of that mix shift in one? No, it's actually it's a very interesting question because what we see is throughout the portfolio, and uh, and virtually every building has the ability when a unit comes vacant. There's enough demand for an upgraded unit, so it's it's coast to coast. Okay, good. Um, so so we'll see. So most of it will still be in Nova Scotia then. Uh, just I mean just for this year. We're not saying that. No, it's 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 spread out evenly across the country. The demand it is across the country. Okay, okay. So it's more about uh, availability of. When when a tenant moves out or when it's time to do the reposition. I think you could look kind of weighted average of where our unit count is and yeah. and spread it out that way. It really is being kind of based on where the units are. Opportunities every, are in every, every market. market. That's that's the interesting thing. Every building has the ability to earn more rent with a renovated unit. And that's that's the universal. And I'd say looking forward, maybe a little bit more heavily outside of Halifax only because Halifax is where we kind of started with the repositioning as this past year and a half, we've been rolling out in New Brunswick and other markets. We've got those relationships, contracts, processes more underway there. So when we look at that growth from this year to next, a lot of that will be outside of the Halifax market. Okay, no, that's uh, that's great color. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, and then just on the guidance, um, the, uh, I, I guess there were some comments in the MDNA um, for the guidance that uh, maybe occupancy might see a slight uh, dip continued in 2021. But then, I guess maybe when you're thinking about the back half of of uh, this year, if all, all goes well, hopefully that uh, it'll, it'll it'll come back. And is that uh, should we expect maybe occupancy to be flat overall? So. I mean, I, I think that we think that with, with improvements in the second half of the year, and especially, I mean, this is a question on these international students' timing for coming back and universities opening up. Should all that stuff come together, I think we have the opportunity to have some improvement in occupancy year over year. But, uh, you know, COVID 
we'll, we'll see what happens on those restrictions. One of the interesting realities with the universities is that some are um, stating that they've had increased enrollment for the winter term. And, uh, and the expectation is that there should be increased demand for uh, the semester in the fall. So it'll be it'll be good for the marketplace generally. Right, right. And and I guess we're still hearing to see if the schools are going to open up their classes uh, for the fall. I, I guess they haven't made that decision yet. Oh. In Atlanta, Canada, I think the trend is they're planning for it. We'll see. Yeah. You know, based on uh, what we're seeing currently, but unless. You know, unless something goes wrong with the, the vaccination and the rollout, uh, the plan definitely is to be open for in-person classes in the fall semester this year. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good news for, for all of us to, to be able to... Uh, yeah, be good for a lot of businesses. Yeah, for sure. Um, thanks, thanks so much for the, uh, for the, for the answers, and uh, I'll pass the line. Thank you. Thank you. Great, thanks. Next will be Yash Sengpal at Laurentian Bank. Please go ahead. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, just uh, wanted to take a look at your uh, slide number 31. Um, are those numbers, those um, figures you have shown, are those like the total costs, or are you planning to spend that money? I don't think so, but just want to confirm. Yeah, they would be total cost. Um, okay, so how much would you spend this year and uh, next year on your development projects? And how much of that would be through your construction loans and uh, you know, the rest would be out of pocket, I guess? Almost all of it through construction loans when we look at all of that? our construction. Well, the majority because the equity is in the ground yeah. for um, for almost all of our projects now. So from a cash flow perspective, most of that cash, almost all for 2021, is coming from construction facilities. Well, I mean, if you go down through the list, Latitude is on construction financing now. The, the equity is in, is, is in the project. Um, Civic 66 has a little bit more cash, but virtually we're almost there. Luma, all the money is in, and the governor is um, the budget is only another two to three million dollars. Okay, that's good. And what would be your outlay this year? Total outlay for development projects, including the construction financing and everything. Inclu so without so sorry, are you looking for the net cash outflow? Yeah. With net of construction financing or no, pre-construction financing? Construction. Net of construction financing, it's minimal. No, right? no, including at, construction yeah. finance. So without... No, no. Including, including construction financing, how much will we invest this year in our new development? Oh, include, okay, so probably... $30 million, $20 to $30 million? In that range. In that range, yeah. So, yes, yeah, 20 to $30 million. Okay. All right. Uh, and uh, your MSC portfolio, I was I was surprised um, to see the strength. So, is there anything? Uh, any? Are you seeing any sp specific trend that is uh, happening there? Are people preferring MSCs or apartments? Any any color there? Well, 
Well, I think that the color, as we see it, um, and again, overall, the the year-round parks did very well in 2020. We talked a number of times around why the seasonal parks um, had a subpar year, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that we couldn't open them up and there was restrictions from right. um, the borders of, of tourists coming in from Quebec and Ontario. Um, what we see is actually a fairly strong demand um, for increased sort of um, occupancy in a number of the parks, whether they're in Ontario or Atlantic Canada, to the point where for many years we used to have some years up to 30 to almost 50 home sales per year, and that has sort of trickled down to just a, a handful in the last couple, and we have already um, pre-ordered 10 homes for uh, Nova Scotia, and that's all we could get uh, commitments for because the demand for that type of product is now basically a year to year and a half wait. And we're looking to see that we can get um, um, a commitment for the product in Ontario, which is quite hard. So we see a huge increase in demand for that product. And we do have um, expansion potential in a couple of our parks in Ontario that we're looking at and um, looking to put place new homes in a couple of them as well. So I think it's going to be a pretty interesting year for that side of our business. Do you think it's a reflection of what is happening in the overall housing market? The way home prices are going up? Yeah, I think it's a combination of that. It's a combination of, of you know, being in the, the, um, the, the COVID-19 environment for over a year. Um, a lot of these um, sort of um, opportunities or communities are becoming more attractive for a whole segment of the population. And, I mean, if you can retire in, um, and have a nice um, home to live in in Listowell, which is just sort of north of Kitchener-Waterloo, then that's, um, it's fairly attractive these days. Okay, that's good. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I just we just I was a bit light on my estimate of cash on the developments this year, because it's netted against construction financing. When we're looking at our net cash outflow, we look at it a bit differently. So it's probably you know it's 60 million plus. Um, there's a lot That's happening on the construction. So yeah. yeah, no, I was a bit light there. So when we look at the investments we're going to be putting in on those projects, um, it is uh, we got a lot happening this year. Okay. And uh, the incentives that you're offering, um, just wanted to understand what is happening in the overall market, um, what your competitors uh, are doing. Are, are you seeing, um, I heard some, you know, people telling me that uh, one to two months worth of rent is being offered. Are you seeing that kind of aggressive incentive incentives being offered? In very specific market um, places, not generally across the board, and I would say on average for any markets where we do have it, it would only be kind of a one one month. I think downtown Alberta is where we're seeing the most yeah. aggressive Absolutely. incentives. Idea. Right. Um, sequentially, I saw your uh, Calgary occupancy was down like 150 beats, I think. Are you yes, certainly? Yeah. yeah. Are you seeing? Although that? I think it. 
It's looking better actually in the last six weeks. Is another it's another market that's showing better. So we're hopeful. We're hopeful it's firming up. Yeah, our downtown um, Alberta assets is uh, is where we're seeing that. It's not the suburban. It's it's the downtown assets. Right, and is it a reflection of aggressive uh, incentives being offered, or uh, it's low demand that is uh, driving that? I think it's demand that's that, that's causing that. So that's one market where we're looking closely at the incentive offerings, and uh, we have increased our incentive offerings in the for those downtown assets to be able to to compete with what's going on there in the market. That's it for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And at this time, we have no further questions. Please proceed. Um, well, that concludes our conference call for the fourth quarter in year-end for 2020. We thank everybody for participating today, and we look forward to uh, Q1 results in early May. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this does indeed conclude your conference call for today. Once again, thank you for attending. And at this time, we do ask that you please disconnect your lines. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.